you know, um, one of the big things that God's been challenging me about over these last few months is how much of what we do is actually about Him. How much of activities, you know, church activities, private activities, how much do we, do we actually encounter him? And, um, you know, a few weeks ago we were at uh, a gathering of leaders and I was kind of the, the last talk and one of the things, well, the main thing that I said is that when what we do becomes about something other than him, we've lost what it means to be a believer. You know, he has to be the center. And we do so much, don't we, from a place that is other than that. And when I say we, I mean me. You know, you can make up your own minds on this. We do so much where we think we're doing the right thing, but somehow there's no fruit, or there's no anointing, or there's no results. And then we get kind of frustrated, so we do what we were doing, but do it harder. In lockdown, The thing that we, I guess, we will all remember in years to come is that the entire nation walked around in masks. And so did the church. I believe that that's created something in us where somehow our mouths don't open as wide as they used to and our praise isn't as loud as it used to be and we worry about kind of how many spit droplets we're putting out here's the point I think the body of Christ has forgot what it means to worship really worship I don't know if you really get this because I, I, I don't get it. If I got it, I'd be living it all the time and I'm kind of scratching at the surface. But here's the thing, you know, you've got a group of disciples, initially 500 of them, when Jesus ascends to heaven. And then several days later, you've got 120. Because the 380 couldn't wait. They were busy, they had stuff to do. They probably thought it's not going to happen, whatever. As a result, they missed out on the birth of the church. You would have been gutted if that was you, wouldn't you? But here's the thing. 
we know the story, don't we, about how tongues of fire come down, rest on the disciples, the Holy Spirit invades the place, he fills them. They start to speak in other languages, and people say, they, 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 people hear all this, they, they recognize something's happening, and they say, these guys are drunk. Let me just say this, the goal is not to appear drunk. Sometimes that's become the goal. The goal is to be so full of the Holy Spirit that the people recognize it. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we would say people haven't recognized that about us as individuals or as churches. And they pile out onto the street. And Peter gives this sermon in answer to the questions. Now, I don't know if you've ever read Peter's sermon, but it's not the greatest sermon. He doesn't really say very much. He gives it like a little summary of history and then calls them to repentance. And 5,000 people get saved immediately. Now, if any of us go out from here now and preach that sermon in our current state, I guarantee you 5,000 people will not get saved. Here's the point. The goal is not to preach the sermon just like Peter preached it. The goal is to be so full of the Holy Spirit, just like Peter was, that the Holy Spirit does the work. You see, the 5,000 people came to Christ because they recognized the Holy Spirit. And that's, I believe, this huge challenge that we face in the body of Christ. Because we have discovered over the past decades that we can do so much in the flesh. So much so that I question whether we do everything in the flesh, even when we call it the Spirit. Because if it was the Spirit, we'd recognize it. Just like that quiet moment in worship today, you recognize that there's something different. Something has changed. So we need to be people of the Spirit. Not just calling ourselves Spirit-filled believers, but really being Spirit-filled believers, clothed with the Holy Spirit. You know, you can do everything that you see in the Word in the flesh or in the spirit. You can pray and you can pray in the flesh or you can pray in the spirit. You can sing in the flesh or you can sing in the spirit. I don't mean singing in tongues, I mean singing because the Holy Spirit is putting and and igniting and stirring that song in your heart. Here's a controversial one. 
can display the gifts of the Spirit in the flesh or from the Spirit. Why do I say that? I say that because the gifts of the Spirit without revocation, they're yours, they're in the person. I also say that because often we can't recognise for ourselves what is flesh and what is spirit because we've become or are so unfamiliar with the spirit. Here's what I want to realise. really what I'm talking about is worship. You might think I'm talking about being in the Spirit. How does that happen? It happens because my life is laid down and fully yielded to the Spirit. You know, we talk about things like we look forward to the day where there's healing in the midst of worship. We shouldn't be looking forward, it should be here. We look forward to the day when thousands to come into the kingdom. We need to get out the flesh and into the spirit so the Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit changes lives. I need to explain something. Because it's, it, it, it's really important you get my heart on this and Cheryl's heart on this and Roger and Olives and everybody else's. Worship needs to be worship. It is not a means to an end. You know, there's a moment in worship there where we were singing, uh, letting sense arise. You're worthy of it all. Where does that come from? That comes from the picture, initially, of the tabernacle, the place of worship. And by the time you got to the, the bowl of incense, or, or, or that, that place called the place of incense, you was just stood outside the Holy of Holies. But here's kind of what we need to really challenge ourselves with. Before you ever got there, you had been through several things. And when our worship becomes songs, we don't get there. You see, the goal is not how much word, nor is it how much worship, nor is it how much prayer. The goal is how much Holy Spirit. We talk about relationship and not religion, don't we? Say so Christianity is a relationship and not religion. How much of our experience, our own life, reflects the fact that he's a relationship? If you're anything like me, you want much more than where you've been and where you are now. And here's the thing. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. By the way, the Holy Spirit's making this up as I go along. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. Where's the gates? 
They're the entrance to the tabernacle. They're the, the entrance to the place of worship. We enter his courts, the next bit, with praise. And then we lay down our lives at the altar. And our incense, the Holy Spirit fills us and our incense rises and that's worship. You see, worship, praise, thanksgiving, all these things, they are not about us. They are not about ministering. They are not about anything other than him. Because by definition, worship is all about him. And the only real worship we ever experience is when he has filled all of us. And we can encounter all of him. Now that might sound like a big thing, but it's not. That's how the disciples lived. See, when the disciples talk about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, it's a throwaway line, isn't it? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. What did they mean? They didn't mean church. And they didn't mean house group. Because we call them fellowships, don't we? I had a fellowship meeting. It didn't mean any of those. What they meant is, let the grace of God be, be with you and, and, and Jesus be with you. But your fellowship is with the one who is here, God on earth, the Holy Spirit. It's talking about your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And Paul's saying, don't let that go. Don't let, don't let it be taken from you. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit is interaction. And so, here's the thing that I've been learning that, that, that God's been showing me. I can no longer come to church, set all the chairs out, set up the welcome table, sit down and take three songs before I feel warmed up. got to understand this we we come here to worship him and he's here in the first song not the third or the fifth we come to worship him it's about him and so it's not what when we bring our thanksgiving when we bring our praise it's it's from our own relationship with christ now if if an observer came along and said, and, and they looked at, let's take it away from our church, but they looked at a Christian meeting and said, how much of those first few songs are displaying your relationship with Christ? And the worrying thing is, you know, that I realize that sometimes it displays my relationship with Christ and the absence of it during that week because I wasn't ready to worship. I had nothing to bring in praise. I had nothing to bring in thanksgiving. Because it hadn't been all about him. I, I don't know everybody in this room. And I certainly don't know everybody online because we did eventually get online. And you might be thinking, well, like, why, did, why did we worship for an hour? 
because we found a place where the Holy Spirit was. We wouldn't have done that if we hadn't taken the time to prepare our hearts. You see, Jesus said, well, lots of people say this anyway. He told them God. Actually, what I'll do is I'll talk about a verse. I used to have this pinned on my wall at university. It was kind of my verse from my university years. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up with wings like eagles. They will walk and not grow faint. They will run and not grow weary. This is a really important bit. How's that happened to that person? Because they waited on the Lord. We, we, you know, for me, I realized I forgot how to wait. God didn't say, Be quiet, and you'll know the Lord. You know, He said, You wait. You wait till the Holy Spirit turns up. You wait till I'm here. You don't read your Bible without the Holy Spirit being there to teach you. In your, in your prayer time, you don't just go off praying without the Holy Spirit leading you. By the way, prayer is union in communion with the Holy Spirit. Just redefine it for you. And I guess I don't really kind of know what I'm saying here. Because I, I haven't got a point and I haven't got a catch line and I haven't got anything. And, and certainly my preach is absolutely nothing about this, which I'm not going to do, by the way. But what I want to say is I want to challenge you like the Holy Spirit challenging me and he's challenging Cheryl and Roger and Olive and, 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 and many others. We have to wait on him and make it all about him. And we can't we can't just say like I've I've, I've worn a mask for 18 months and I forgot how to sing. You know I I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain from all the Jewish people I know that they don't praise quietly. They don't give thanksgiving quietly. And they don't, engage, they don't give worship without engaging their heart fully. So I'm kind of on a pursuit. Strangely, it's the pursuit Cheryl and I were on when faith life began and God's really stirred us back to get some stuff out of the way in our own lives and get back there because I said you can do a lot of things in the flesh but we need to do it in the spirit and here's the clue when it's the spirit you know it's the spirit it's not like, oh, let's have a discussion about whether it's the Spirit. It's the Spirit, you know. If you don't know, it's not. When it's the Spirit, there's a result. No result, not the Spirit. He doesn't do stuff. It admits. He does stuff fully. So... There's kind of a gap, isn't there, between where we are 
Probably, I'm, I'm just going to speak to you, there's kind of a gap between where we all are and where the Holy Spirit is. I think if we're honest with ourselves, as God's asking me to be, we're not in the Spirit most of the time. We're not encountering the way we should. And that's not an obligation. It's a lifeline. When I say should, it's we have to. We have to. It's too late in the eternal clock for us to wait any longer and not wait on the Lord. We are heading towards a time where if we are not full of the Spirit, we will find it so difficult to even get to where we are now. Look, look around you. Every church is going through this. People with all sorts of different experiences for different reasons why they're not engaged. I don't mean engaged with church, although that's really important. I mean engaged with God. And it's hard to be engaged with God if you're not engaging with other people. But ultimately, it's about being engaged with God. what I've got to tell you this morning the enemy is not going away now he's not going away there will be more upheavals to come and the only way we can deal with that is to be like those disciples that piled out the upper room full of the Holy Spirit to do that we need to be living that in our personal private life and in our corporate church life and ultimately what it means is this it's all about him wonderful beautiful amazing incredible him the God who created the universe has given us the opportunity to have a relationship with him and we're kind of not doing it. The God of the universe is waiting for us to wait for him. And we're too busy to wait. He wants to talk to you. He wants to share his heart with you. What, what have you put instead of that? What have I put instead of that? Can we stand? Ask me now what I've just said, I can't remember. 
That's okay, because I can watch the video after. But what I'd ask is this. I'd ask you to encourage us in our journey the way we encourage and want to encourage you. Because there's so much more than we have experienced in our generation. And the world needs this. The church needs this. It needs you to say it's all about you. Here's my life. Here's my life. It's all about you. has said we can't just take it and say that sounds so good and not respond to it I feel in my heart it's what I am saying public declaration saying God I coming back to the heart of worship I want to make my worship all about you I want to come to that place when I was first burning with that passion when nothing else mattered but you as a church, if, if that's you, I just feel that as a church, we need to really stand behind our pastors and our leaders and say, as Faith Life Church, because this was where we started. This was how we started. This was where, this was the call. This was the heart of Faith Life. I was there. It was all about Jesus. We knew nothing. We didn't know how to run a church. We didn't know what church structure looked like. We just knew Jesus. We just knew he loved us and we responded. And as a church, I just feel we need to come back to that place. So if that is you, 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 what you are saying with Pastor Mark and the leaders and saying, we want to make this church all about worshiping Jesus bringing the Holy Spirit at the center. Not about performance, not about display of gifts, but about Jesus and the Holy Spirit being the center. We can't hear everything that Pastor Mark has said and not respond to it and say, we as a church, we want that. Can we just ask a step of unity, just take a step or two you want to come to the front, come to the front saying, we are stepping forward. We are taking that step today. So we want to make it all about Jesus. And that we are sorry for the things that we have made it. We are sorry for the performance that we have made worship. We are sorry for the display of gifts that we've made worship. That we have stripped right now, stripping all those things away. And making Jesus and the Holy Spirit the center of our worship. Can we just do that? Can we just take a step forward? Just take a step. If you agree with that, I mean, if you don't have to do it, it has to be a hard conviction. It has to be what you believe. It's what you are saying to Jesus. So you are saying to the Father. So you are saying to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we thank you that you don't leave us in our heart. We thank you that you don't leave us, that your heart is always the same. Yearning for communion with us, 
yearning for us to say yes to you, yearning for us to come back. You've always been in the same place, just wooing us and drawing us. And as a heart respond this morning, we say yes to you, Holy Spirit. We are coming back to the heart of worship, where it's all about you, where it's all about your desires, where it's all about what you desire for your church, what you desire for your nations. It's all about you, Jesus. And we are sorry for what we've made it. I stand, oh God, Father, as a member of this church, and I declare that we are sorry as a church for what we've made worship to be, or what we've made worship to be. And we thank you that you are so full of love, that you are so full of kindness, that you are faithful and just to forgive when we confess. And as we have confessed, we thank you right now that the floodgate is open. So, Father, say, come, Holy Spirit, be the center of our worship. And we thank you as we worship you, draw all men to you. As we make you the center, as we focus on you. And, Father, we thank you for this day for that this day as we say yes to you that our mind cannot even conceive that which you are going to begin to do in this church in this city in the nations and the nations of the world and we thank you Jesus and we give glory to you can we just give Jesus a massive shout hallelujah thank you Jesus